What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Next Level Freedom Church podcast. My name is Trenton Cruz. I'm the lead pastor of Next Level Freedom Church in Jackson, Missouri. If you're seeking a church family that can help you grow in your relationship with Christ, or maybe you just want to check us out online, be sure to check out our website, www.nextlevelfreedomchurch.com. I hope today's episode will inspire you and encourage you as you fulfill the destiny God has for your life and fulfill your divine purpose in God's master plan. Thanks for tuning and God bless. I want every gun we have to fire on that man. Do it. You got him, sir. Bring me down to him. Keep the door covered and don't advance until I say. Supreme Leader, don't get distracted. I'll go. Right away, sir. for joining us. If you're tuning online this morning, let me go ahead and introduce myself. My name is Trent Cruz. I'm the lead pastor of Next Level Freedom Church 
here in Jackson, Missouri. We thank you so much for tuning online this morning. But what we want to do is invite you, like we do every week, to come and join us next Sunday at 381 East Deerwood Drive, Jackson, Missouri, and be a part of what God is doing right here in Southeast Missouri. We would love to have you and your family pray with you if you've got needs. Any of those type of things, that's what we do here because our vision statement at Next Level Freedom Church is reaching others where they're at. That statement right there sums up our entire mission statement into five words. Thank you so much for tuning online this morning. Today we're going to be continuing our Star Wars series that we began about two months almost ago now, back on July 12th. We are in part eight today, and if you remember, there are nine movies in the main saga, and next week will be the last one of the Star Wars series that we've been doing. Hope you'll join us then. But today's topic, the title of today's message, what we've decided to go with is The Generational Blessing. Now those words combined like that, the generational blessing is not something you'll find exactly in your Bible, but there are hints of it throughout scripture that there is a blessing that can be passed on from generation to generation to those that are obedient to God. As a matter of fact, the scripture that we're going to close with today, we'll talk about that just a little bit. But if you're tuning online this morning and you caught that video, those of you here, anytime I see that video, I want to do something a little bit different this morning before we get into our key passage and get started. When I see that video, and I've seen that scene over and over, and that is one of my favorite scenes in The Last Jedi from the Star Wars saga, and there is, obviously, those of you who have seen it, there's a lot more to that scene. We had to snip a lot so that we could get it down to at least three minutes or so. So I hope you enjoyed it, but if you haven't caught the movie, go ahead and check out the movie. But what always comes to mind when I see Luke standing there, they're firing everything they've got at him, and then him walking out, and you see where he brushed it off his shoulder. I see Christians in that. No matter what the world fires at us, Isaiah 54, 17, here's what it says. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. And he's talking to Israel there, Isaiah was, but I want you to understand something. I believe that that is God talking to us as well. If you're a born-again child of God, no weapon formed against you shall prosper, prosper, sorry. And every tongue which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. And isn't it encouraging to know that we have a heavenly father that cares about us that much? Another passage, which I won't read the whole thing, I want to encourage you, is Psalm 91. If you go to Psalm 91, read the whole chapter. It's only 16 verses long, but for the sake of time, I'm just going to hit a few highlights from it this morning. Verses 1 and 2 says, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Almighty there is capitalized because it's speaking of God, our Father. Verse 2 says, I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in Him I will trust. If you're going through anything this morning and you're tuning to me wherever you're at, I want to encourage you to go read the whole chapter. It's only 16 verses of Psalm 91 this morning. I promise you, the whole chapter will give you a little bit of a pep talk that you might need if you're going through something this morning. Jumping down over the second time, verses 9 through 11, and then we'll stop reading. Go check it out for yourself. It says, 
Because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place. In other words, because you are dwelling with God, no evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. Woo! Now up there in verse 7 and 8. Well, I wasn't planning on reading this, but read this for you. I tell you that chapter is encouraging. Read it when we're done here. Go back and read Psalm 91 this morning. Here's what it says. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. And then it goes into verses 9 through 11, which is what we just read. But think about it. If you're going through something this morning, I want to encourage you as a child of God. Read Psalm 91 when we get done here today. Anyway, let's go ahead and read our key passage, which has been our key passage for this entire series. Because I don't want to get off on something else. We do have a message we're trying to get across this morning. Psalm 1, 1 through 3 has been our key passage for this entire series. Here is what it says. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. You've got to be in his word. You've got to be in his law. You've got to understand who you are as a believer. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning, Lord, for those here, Lord, those who may be tuning online this morning, wherever they're at in the world or in the nation, God. Wherever they're at, God, I just pray right now that you begin to speak with them, whether they're looking, tuning on the podcast, whether they're tuning on YouTube or on our website later. I pray right now that you begin to speak your words through me, that they would not be my own, that your words would come across this microphone this morning. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Keep, we're going to be starting today in Genesis chapter 25. If you've noticed throughout the whole Star Wars series that we've been doing, We've been focusing a lot on the life of Abraham. And we've gotten to the point where he had a son, Isaac. Well, today, we're going to get to the passing of Abraham and the carrying on of the torch with Isaac and him having his twins, which is Esau and Jacob, which we're going to talk about when we get to them today. Genesis 25, 5 through 11, here's what it says. And Abraham gave all that he had to Isaac. But Abraham gave gifts to the sons of the concubines, which Abraham had. So he wasn't a perfect man. He had concubines, and while he was still living, he sent them eastward. There's that east thing again. Away from Isaac, his son, to the country of the east. This is the sum of the years of Abraham's life, which he lived. 175 years old. I'm going to add in there, but listen to that. Remember, he got called out when he was 75. So he lived 100 years after he was called out to fulfill God's promise. In his life of having a son. Remember, he never got to see the full nation come to pass. But I'm sure he's looking down from heaven and he sees it now. And God has blessed his family. Continuing there in verse 8, it says, Then Abraham breathed his last and died in a good old age, an old man and full of years, and was gathered to his people. And his sons, Isaac and Ishmael, buried him in the cave of Machpelah. 
which is before Mamre, in the field of Ephron, the son of Zohar the Hittite, the field which Abraham purchased from the sons of Heth. There Abraham was buried and Sarah his wife. Remember, Sarah had passed away previously. One thing we haven't mentioned here is that Abraham did remarry, but we're not going to get into that here in this particular survey of the Bible. Just know that he did remarry, but him and Sarah were buried in this land. Verse 11 says, And it came to pass after the death of Abraham that God blessed his son Isaac, and Isaac dwelt at Beer Lahai Roy. Now, here is the deal. That passage tells us that Abraham passed. But what I want you to understand, and what you're going to find out as we continue reading here in a minute, Abraham did get to see his grandchildren, Esau and Jacob. And we're going to talk about that as we go. And so, so it kind of fits, fits it all together. But the reason I believe the writers of the Bible do that is so that they can move the focus now from Abraham to his son Isaac. And the twin boys that he's about to have. Point number one this morning, though, if you're taking notes, is that the blessing is carried on to the next generation. What blessing are you talking about, Pastor? Well, remember the promise God gave Abraham back in Genesis 12. Let me go ahead and read it to you. Verses 1 to 3. It says, Now the Lord has said to Abraham, Get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house to a land I will show you. And I will make you a great nation. There's the promise. I will make you a great nation. And at that point, Abraham and his wife were barren. They had no children. That's what we've been discussing over the last several weeks. You can go back and check previous messages for that. But let's continue for the sake of time this morning. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you. And I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. There's the promise. That's what God told Abraham when he called him out of his familiar territory, his familiar country, to a new blessing and a new life that God had for him. God made that promise to Abraham, and now that particular promise is being passed on to his son, Isaac. We're going to talk more about it here in just a minute. Let's jump to Star Wars real quick before we read our next passage of verses. In Star Wars, we notice that Luke carries on what began with his father. He's an old man in this movie, but he's still carrying on in father's tradition. If you've seen the movies, you realize that, yes, he strayed a little bit for fear reasons. We won't get into a whole message on that. But he was afraid of what had happened with Kylo Ren. You'll have to check out the movies if you want more. When Anakin brought balance to the force, remember Darth Vader cast the Emperor over the side. He was appeared to be destroyed. The new movie tells us that he wasn't. Completely, But still, that was the point when Darth Vader, a.k.a. Anakin Skywalker, brought balance to the Force. When Anakin brought balance to the Force, Luke was able to carry on the hope of the Jedi to the next generation. Because of what his father did. Because remember, Luke was about to die. The Emperor probably would have killed him had his father not stepped in and taken and brought balance to the Force. Luke probably would have died, but because of his father's move. Remember, one move can change everything. Every decision you've made in your life has gotten you to this point. Good or bad, whatever it may be. 
Maybe you wish you made some different decisions. That's in the past now. But what you can do, you can't change the past, but you can change the future. So if there's somewhere you know you're supposed to be, if God has called you out to do something, then my encouragement for you this morning is to get back on the narrow path and head back to your destiny. Stop letting the world take your steer your eyes in all these different directions. Focus on God. Focus on the narrow path. We've read it in previous weeks. Broad is the road that leads to destruction. Narrow is the road that leads to eternal life. God tells us we stay on the narrow path, which is exactly what Abraham has done here. I'm sure the world was laughing at him. Probably people making fun of him, leaving everything. But this man got great wealth in what he had done. And he continued through his son, Isaac. So Luke was able to carry that on to the next generation. Abraham passes God's blessing. To him, on to his son, Isaac. Let's continue reading there in Genesis 25, verses 19 to 23. Here's what it says. This is the genealogy of Isaac, Abraham's son. Abraham begot Isaac. Isaac, check this out. This is what we talked about last week. Isaac was 40 years old, all right, when he took Rebekah as wife, the daughter of Bethuel, the Syrian of Padan Aram and sister of Laban the Syrian. Uh, I want you to key in on this because remember, at this point, because Abraham was a hundred when he had Isaac, at this point, Isaac is 40 before he gets a wife. So at this point, Abraham is probably about 140 years old, right? So he's still got some years left, 35 or so years left before he's going to pass on. Continuing there, because a lot of people read the scriptures and forget that these people are still existing with one another. Verse 21 says, Now Isaac pleaded with the Lord for his wife, because she was barren. Sound familiar? And the Lord granted his plea, and Rebekah, his wife, conceived. But the children struggled together within her, and she said, If all is well, why am I like this? So she went to inquire of the Lord. Check out what the Lord tells her there in verse 23. And the Lord said to her, two nations are in your womb. Two peoples shall be separated from your body. One people shall be stronger than the other. And check this out. The older shall serve the younger. We're going to talk more about that as the time comes here in a little bit today. Point number two, though, this morning is that there's always pain before the blessing. What good does pain do us, Pastor? Pain is how we grow. If you didn't go through some things, you'd never mature in your faith. If you didn't go through some things that look like there's no way out and then God delivers you onto the other side, that's how we know we have a loving Father who serve, or who's there, to, we're there to serve, who's there to bless us and expand our territory. We won't go into that verse. But there is always pain before the blessing. Now check this out. Many people give up when the pain starts. The pain starts, they can't handle it, they walk away. Doesn't take long. But those that endure to the end, the Bible says, shall be saved. The resistance in Star Wars here. The resistance found themselves in a tight spot many times, even in The Last Jedi. And it looked as if they were going to be 
wiped out. I don't know if you remember the beginning of Last Jedi for those of you that were tuning, but they were on a planet had been discovered by the First Order, I almost said Empire, First Order, who had showed up to destroy them. They end up escaping thanks to a pilot, Poe Dameron, who distracts them long enough, the ships escape, they destroy the huge ship, and now they've gotten away, but they're being tracked through light speed. Remember, they come out on the other side of light speed, which should have had them saved from the First Order. A few minutes later, the First Order shows up. They're like, how do they do this, right? Things seem hopeless for them. There's always pain before the blessing. So now they're stranded in space. If you watch through some of the scenes, they start blowing up the, the passenger ships that are trying to get them to a planet where they can at least guard themselves. And then the one lady sacrifices her life with the ship, giving them time. Then the Empire, sorry, the First Order, goes down to the planet. They're cornered in this facility. And once again, a deliverance came by the hand of Luke Skywalker, who distracted them long enough for the resistance to escape to fight another day. So every time it seemed hopeless to the resistance, that spark of hope would ignite something within them. And now because they've survived all these trials, the rest of the galaxy, even though none of them showed up to help them, are watching in awe thinking there's a spark of hope. So as long as there's that hope, people will continue to push forward. That's what evil tries to destroy. Hope. If they can get your hope, they can get you to give up. But as long as there is hope, Christians, if you're born again, you should always have that hope within you, knowing that Jesus is coming back very soon, I think. He'll be back. He's going to be here to take his church home. He's going to do the judgment thing. We've already talked about that. I don't want to get into all of that again today. But you need to understand something. Because of Jesus, there are hope for the rest of us. Here in this text, though, jumping out of that, Rebecca found herself in much pain and decided to ask God what was wrong. His reply was that there were two nations, or twins, in her womb. Any of you that have bare twins, you know that feeling. There's two of them in there wrestling around. And then we find out through the scripture we just read that the older will serve the younger. That was unheard of in that day. The oldest usually inherited everything. But you're going to find out why as time progresses. 2 Corinthians 4, 7 through 10 says, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed. Verse 10 says, always caring about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our own body. Jesus is that hope. There's always pain before the blessing. But Jesus is there. There's your hope, Christians. That's what Paul's getting at there. He is that hope. We can be knocked down, not destroyed. We can be persecuted, not forsaken or abandoned in some translations. All these things can come against us. And much like the video you saw at the beginning of this message, the first order of the world can do everything in its 
power to try and destroy us, but in the end, God is victorious. Genesis 25, continuing in our reading, verse 24 through 28, it says, So when her days were fulfilled for her to give birth, indeed there were twins in her womb. And the first came out red. He was like a hairy garment all over, so that they called his name Esau. Afterward, his brother came out, and his hand took hold of Esau's heel. So his name was called Jacob. Isaac was 60 years old when she bore them. Okay, so now Isaac is 60. Abraham would be 160. Abraham got 15 years with his grandkids before he passed on. Just trying to put that there so y'all can see that these things interconnect, even though scripture separates them just to focus on one story. But you need to understand Abraham's there. He sees these grandkids, these twins being born. And then he has 15 more years before he passes. I only brought that up to kind of hopefully parallel it for you. So he's 60 years old. So it took 20 years. So he married her when he was 40. It was 20 years before they had their first kid. That's kind of similar to Abraham's story, right? Only he was 75 when God promised him. He waited until he was 100. So it was 25 years before he got the promised son. And in there, there was Ishmael, which we're not going to go in and talk about today. But here's what you need to understand. Read verse 27 before I get sidetracked. So the boys grew. And Esau was a skillful hunter, a man of the field. But Jacob was a mild man dwelling in tents. And Isaac loved Esau because he ate of his game. But Rebekah loved Jacob. Point number three this morning, if you're taking notes. Strength is not determined by outward appearance. What do you mean by that? Well, as the story continues here in a minute, you're going to find out that Jacob is the one that ends up with the blessing. Even though he was the man that stayed in the tents. And Esau, the stronger one, the hunter, the one that was in the field hitting game and hunting and all these things. He didn't get the blessing. We're going to find out why here as we get to reading. Let's go ahead and talk about Star Wars for a second. We'll talk more about that. Even though it would appear that Kylo Ren was the strongest of the two, Ray's strength was not to be underestimated. Remember in the first, or when they were on the First Order ship? And they destroyed Snook, I think his name was. And he's dead now. And Ray and him are sitting there. And they've got the lightsaber in between. And the force is between two of them. Eventually, Ray becomes more powerful, is more powerful. She overcomes him, even though Kylo's been the one that's been trained. He's the one that seems to be more of the warrior. Yes, he's a crybaby. He's a little bit of that. We see that throughout the movies. But you'd think he was the stronger of the two, but Ray was not to be underestimated. She ends up being the one who brings that strength back to the Jedi Order. But check it out, though, if we talk about this passage, because we're going to get more into that here in just a few minutes, I believe. Esau was a skillful hunter and man of the field. Jacob was a mild man dwelling in tents. Now check out what their names mean. Esau is kind of obvious. The scripture kind of interpreted that for you. Esau just means covered with hair or hairy. Remember it said when he came out, he was hairy. He was red because his hair was red, I'm assuming. And so they named him Esau. In other words, they named him Harry, right? He was hairy. Jacob, on the other hand, grabs a hold of his heel and gets drug out behind him. Now check out what Jacob's name means. He will supplant, which means replace, all right? He who supplants or replaces, he who follows after, a healer, one who trips up. Now that healer there is H E 
H-E-L-E-R, not H-E-A-L-E-R. Healer, in other words, the heel of the person, one who trips up, takes hold by the land, supplanter, a detainer. Their names are saying exactly what's going to happen here. Jacob replaces Esau and takes on the blessing of God. Because of his obedience, we'll get to when we talk about his story a little bit more. For today, we're not going to get into that. So the point was, strength is not determined by outward appearance. Now, some of you may know the story of David. Some of you may not. If you don't, it's in 1 Samuel 16 to 7. 16 verse 7 is what I want to read real quick. I'm not going to read the whole thing. You can go back and check it out for yourself. But this is when Samuel, and we'll talk about it more when we get to it. Samuel has been sent by God to anoint the new king. Because Saul has made a mistake, and he is, God has removed his anointing from Saul, so he's going to anoint the new king. He goes through all these brothers. The first one, man, he looks like the one that should be the king. Check out what God says to him. The Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance or at his physical stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord does not see as man sees. For a man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Now, Jacob may have been born ankle grabber, or the one that takes the heel and comes out. But he also replaced Harry with the blessing. Now, you notice I said their names like that intentionally to hopefully give you an idea of how that Work. Check out Genesis 25 as we continue, verse 29 through 34. Now Jacob cooked a stew, and Esau came in from the field, and he was weary. And Esau said to Jacob, please feed me with that same red stew, for I am weary. Therefore his name was called Edom. But Jacob said, sell me your birthright as of this day. Check out what Esau does. Verse 32, and Esau said, Look, I'm about to die. So what is this birthright to me? And Jacob said, swear to me this day, or as of this day. So he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. And Jacob gave Esau bread and stew and lentils, and lentils I think is how you say that, or lentils. Then he ate and drank, arose, and he went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. Now, if Esau can trade his birthright for a bowl of soup, that just basically tells me why God didn't choose him to take on the blessing, why Jacob was going to inherit the blessing that was supposed to go to Esau. Because Esau, if he was willing to sell it just for a bowl of soup, imagine what he would have done when enemies came upon him or things looked kind of weary. He probably would have sold out and gave everything up just to stay. Now, I'm not saying that's 100%. The Bible doesn't say that. That's not what happened. What happened here is that Jacob inherited the birthright of Esau. Point number four is don't let physical needs get in the way of spiritual blessings. What was the deal here? Esau was hungry. He just got done hunting, right? He was probably hangry. Remember that new word that's been here for, I don't know how many years now. It's not, it's been of recent years. He was hangry, probably. He was just ready to eat. But he let his physical needs get in the way of his spiritual blessing. Jacob inherited that spiritual blessing. So don't let your physical needs get in the way of your spiritual blessing. Now, I'm not saying quit eating and quit doing all these things. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, 
Don't let that stuff replace you being blessed spiritually because your physical needs maybe aren't where you want them at right now. God is still going to provide for you. He is still going to take care of you. Looking at Star Wars, Kylo lets his feelings in the moment get in the way of the task at hand. I'm talking about the video you saw here at the beginning. Remember, they were pursuing, they would have overtook the resistance at this point. Had Luke not stepped in, Kylo being so immature about the way he handled things, his feelings of the moment, though how much he hated Luke, distracted him so the resistance could escape. That's what we noticed here in The Last Jedi. But because he let his feelings in the moment get in the way of the task at hand, the resistance got away. He was emotionally angry with Luke. He wanted him dead. And remember, if you watch the movie, he told him to hold up. Don't pursue anymore until I say so. Take me down to him. He basically, I'm going to take him out. What I've always found interesting is Luke just walked through all of your guns and your cannons. What are you expecting to do any different? But, you know, that's just a side thought. Here in the story, Esau lets his physical needs of the moment distract him from his long-term blessing. James chapter 1 verse 12 says, Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Blessed is the man who endures the temptation. That temptation for those of you listening to me that may have you wanting to quit. Things are too hard. There's a temptation to quit. Throw it all away. James says, blessed is the man who endures temptation. Pushes through it. For when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. You got to keep pushing forward, Christian. I don't care what your physical surroundings look like. Remember, God is spiritual. He is there in the midst of whatever you're going through. He's waiting for you to call out for help. Maybe you've been calling out for help and you're just wondering, where are you at, God, in my life, in the situation going on right now? And I'm here to tell you God's in the same place he's always been. Waiting for you possibly, just some, work, just some food for thought, to surrender some things so he can help you what? on your journey. What? How about, what do I surrender, Pastor? Well, how about maybe your will to do what God's will is for your life? That's a tough one. It takes sacrifice. Don't let physical needs get in the way of spiritual blessings. We're getting ready to wrap up this morning. Genesis 26. I'm jumping to the next chapter. I just want to read the first five verses because they're going to be important to what comes next time. There was a famine in the land. Besides the first famine, that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines, in Gerar. Then the Lord appeared to him and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land of which I shall tell you. This is God. Telling Isaac this. Do not go down to the land of Egypt. Live in the land which I shall tell you. Dwell in this land and I will be with you and bless you. For to you and your descendants I give all these lands and I will perform the oath which I swore to Abraham your father. 
And I will make your descendants multiply as the stars of heaven. And I will give to your descendants all the lands. And in your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Because Abraham obeyed me, my voice, and or obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. What's God telling me? I know there's a plague in the land. I know there's a famine, I'm sorry, a famine in the land right now. Food might be scarce, whatever the famine was. And you're considering going over here where it looks plentiful, but God says, don't you go over there. How many of us have been caught ourselves in those moments where God's saying, don't go there. Stay here. I've got something for you. And we have got every urge in our body to want to go over here. I've experienced this more than one time in my life. Everything natural would tell you to go over here. But God says, stay right where you're at. I've got something for you. He's telling Isaac here, stay where you're at. Don't go to Egypt. Stay where you're at. Because your father listened to me, he kept my statutes, my law, my commandments, my charge. He followed me. He obeyed my voice. Because I blessed him, I'm going to bless you. But stay where you're at. Point number five this morning as we get ready to wrap up here in just a minute. Obedience is the key to reaping a blessing. Obedience. When the rest of the world is telling you, you need to be over here. You need to go over here. You need to do this over here. Maybe you need to go on this path. And all these distractions are coming in, but you know where God has told you. He's told you to stand your ground. Be here. I don't care what the world says. They're telling you to do this and that. And that's what seems natural, maybe. But God doesn't act in the natural. God acts in the supernatural. He's not worried about the natural. He's able to do anything. We're not going to look at those verses today. So what's this got to do with Star Wars? Obedience is the key to reaping a blessing. Check this out. Paul leads the last of the rebels to another way out right before the first order overtakes the cave. He realized that Luke was distracting the enemy so that they could get out. Then when all hope seemed lost, Ray removed the rubble so the resistance could escape. And if you haven't seen the movie, that makes no sense to you. But as they're going this back way out, the way has been blocked. There are huge rocks blocking the entrance. Ray shows up in the nick of time. She uses the force. She moves all these rocks out of their way. They're able to get out and escape with what's left of the resistance. But it was because he was obedient in the moment. He understood. He's doing this for a reason. Some of you need to think that way. God's doing this for a reason. What is it? Why, God? It doesn't make sense to me. He's doing it for a reason. Luke was doing that for a reason. When Paul realizes, he leads the resistance to safety. Here in our text, God was letting Isaac know that if he would stay where his father had taken him, he would bless him for it. And through his seed, just like he told Abraham... All the nations of the earth would be blessed. And we know that is referring to a future Savior that would come. Jesus knew what we know now. They didn't know that. Obedience is the key to reaping a blessing. Check this out. Deuteronomy. Remember I said we'd get to a text that talked a little bit about it. It's not worded exactly the generational blessing. But check out what Deuteronomy 11, 26 to 28 says. Behold, I set before you today a blessing and a curse. 
The blessing, if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, and the curse, if you do not obey the commandments of the Lord your God. But turn aside from the way which I command you today to go after other gods which you have not known. This is taking place when Moses is giving his final speech to the Israelites. He's reread the law. Deuteronomy is a huge speech. And he's talking about these laws and things. And when he gets there in this particular portion, he says, if you guys will keep the laws, there's a blessing waiting for you. However, if you disobey, there's a curse waiting for you. God's saying, I believe the same thing to us today. Before you, I stand before you today with a blessing and a curse. Which one are you going to choose? Well, obviously, if you know which one's the blessing, that's where you want to go, right? The blessing if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today. The curse if you do not obey the commandments. Isaac's in that predicament right now. There's a plague or a famine in the land. And he's considering going to Egypt. God says, don't you go to Egypt. Stay here. I've got something for you. If you'll stay, I've got a blessing waiting for you. Many of you are at that point in your life right now. God's telling you, stay put. I've got a blessing for you. Some of you are seeking God's direction this morning. Many of you listening right now, maybe you know you're supposed to be a part. We're right here with us in Jackson of Next Level Freedom Church, if that's the case. I'm not saying it is, but if that's the case and that's what God's speaking to you, we are located at 381 East Deerwood Drive in Jackson, Missouri. If you're tuned in the podcast, that address is there. If you're watching online, I'm going to go ahead and dismiss you this morning because I want to go ahead and dismiss you first this morning. Come be a part. However, you need to understand something. If God's telling you to stay put, that's what you need to do. Because your obedience is the key to reaping a blessing from God. God sets before you a blessing and a curse. A curse if you choose wrongly or poorly, and a blessing if you choose correctly. This morning, maybe you're looking at me out there and you've never received Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, and you would like to do that this morning. Well, it's a real simple thing. Some people, too many people are complicating this Christianity thing, or complicating this relationship. It's really easy. All you do is ask. You say, Dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I believe you died on the cross for me. And I believe you rose on the third day, becoming victorious over death, that I might live. I ask you to come into my heart. Be Lord of my life. Forgive me of all my sins. From here on out, I want to live my life for you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving me. In your name I pray. Amen. And the good news is it doesn't take all those words. The Bible tells us if you believe Jesus came, died, and rose again, you shall be saved. Peter talks about repenting. That's what you're doing when you pray that prayer. If you prayed that prayer this morning, the minute from the bottom of your heart, I want to say congratulations. Welcome to the family of God. Your next step is you need to find you a good church home. Be baptized. Follow in Jesus' footsteps. We've already given you the address if you'd like to join Next Level Freedom Church. We have a process we take you through, a discipleship process to try to hopefully give you direction in your life. If you pray that prayer online, I want to encourage you to do one more thing, and that is go to nextlevelfreedomchurch.com. In the upper left-hand corner of that website, there's a menu button. When you click on it, a drop box drops down. You go all the way to the right side. You click on the link that says the road to new life. That link is going to take you to a separate website that I created in college. I created it 
as they walk through a process through salvation. You follow each page in the order that they are there on the page. You get to the bottom, there's a prayer similar to the one I just prayed. In case you have trouble praying or maybe you need the right words to say. And then the very bottom, there's a contact form. That comes directly to my email, which is trevincruzayahoo.com. Go ahead and send me a contact form. I would love to know that you received Christ this morning. I want to celebrate with you. And then maybe if you need some direction or you're looking to get on the right track, go ahead and shoot me that contact form. Let me know what's going on in your life. I would love to pray with you about anything. I have ministers all across this world that I keep in touch with that I pray for when they have struggles in their families, the nation, the world, all over the place that I've been praying with. And if you're one of those ministers tuned in, I am praying with you. Those of you who have told me your needs, I am praying with you. I'm agreeing that God is going to see you through. Thank you so much for tuning online this morning. Next week, we're going to wrap up this series, Star Wars, with part nine. And we'll discuss the whole how does Jacob inherit everything issue. We'll be talking about that next week. God bless. We'll see you.